Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to Road Atlanta. Lovely to have your company as the Continental Tyres Sports Car Championship third practice is about to go out onto the circuit. The Continental Sports Car Challenge on IMSA Radio. It's John Heindorf. Uh, along with Jeremy Shaw and Mark Miller joins us in the studio. Uh, welcome back, I should say, to IMSA Radio. Uh, Mark, we had you uh, uh, doing doing a, a little bit of a, a mic test earlier on in the year at, uh, at Sebring, which you seem to enjoy. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. In fact, I'll, I'll say it the same thing I said then, is if I can't be in a car driving, I might as well be talking about it, and who the better to talk about it than you guys. So um, it's always fun to be up here. And uh, this should be a good, uh, good session. I'm, I'm a little disappointed that qualifying is going to be switched to a practice session, but, uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of drivers in the field other than the guy sitting on pole right now for, <laughs> for yeah, ST. Ch- championship leader, yeah. of course, loves this right at the moment. Everybody else uh, doesn't. It's, uh, it's a regulation, Jeremy, so we can't get around it. It's a regulation that's been reviewed and uh, we here will be changing for, for next season. Yeah, I think so, and uh, you know, it kind of makes sense. I mean, it was a a throwback to the old grandam days that there was just wasn't wasn't altered on the rule books, basically, and uh, don't think really don't think it was too much thought given to the rules, quite frankly. But anyhow, they've they've thought about some more of, over the over the season, and I think the consensus, I believe, there are consensus is amongst the uh, the grown-ups at, at IMSA that uh, it, it will be uh, they will run qualifying in the wet in the future. But it, it certainly hasn't been. I, I don't believe it's been decided formally, but that certainly oh, okay. was the indication I was getting from several people um, after after we had this problem last time, the, which was where. The irony, of course, is that 15 minutes ago when this decision was made, it was thrown in down of rain. We've just had a little blast of sunshine. The rain has all but stopped. I'm not sure if Shea Adam is uh, listening to us down there in the Continental Tire uh, pit lane reporters area, but um, certainly looking down at the guys below our feet here in the... Uh, down towards the uh, the support paddock, there's no umbrellas up. People are wandering around in t-shirts. The hoods have come down from the waterproofs. Uh, and the irony is that we've turned to uh, qualifying sessions where these classes would have been out individually. Because of safety reasons, we've decided that it's safer to put out all cars at the same time for what is called an optional practice session. But, of course, Mark, particularly with the weather likely to be damp, during the race uh, for Continental Ties tomorrow, everybody's going to go out. Yeah, you you have to. Um, you, and it, actually, this practice session being open like this and making it, you know, the good side of it is the fact that all the cars are going to be on the track at the same time tomorrow during the race. Um, both drivers are going to be experiencing these conditions tomorrow during the race. So having this long session is, is a great experience for them because this track is still a bit treacherous. Um, when the rain's not coming down and the puddles form, because the elevation changes, because the uh, waterways that kind of cross over through the S's, you're going to have some tricky s- situations, and a lot of these banked corners still hold water that don't drain right away. So it's good that they're going to be out- getting out here and having this experience. Um, but I would say with all the cars on the track, if we don't get any more uh, precipitation to getting on the track, the track's going to be dry pretty quick. Yeah, I'd agree with that. These Continental tyres are very good indeed in common uh, with all of the wet racing tyres nowadays. They moved, they move an inordinate amount of water very quickly. I was, uh, I was watching the uh, Formula 1 last weekend in the odd quiet moment. Something like 65 litres uh, of, of water that they move every, uh, every uh, second, I think they were saying. So that's like a bathful. Um, 
Tomagara, by the way, for earlier on, it, following the, uh, the accident in the Lamborghini, had a couple of updates uh, already. He was complaining of back pain. Uh, when he was taken out of the car, which is why he was transferred to hospital. So observation for Tomagara uh, after that incident on the first lap of the uh, Lamborghini Super Trofeo. Yeah, and they were originally thinking about flying him to the airport on a helicopter, but uh, did, did he, he decided, I think, uh, no, you know, there's not that much urgency. Uh, just a regular ambulance will do just fine. So uh, that's what I heard. I know uh, what that's like. A while ago. Yeah, quite. <laughs> So yes. cars out on the circuit. Well, unfortunately, uh, cars out on the circuit. <laughs> choice. Uh, Mark Miller alongside Jeremy <laughs> Shaw and me, John Hindorf. A little bit of spray coming up from uh, behind the rear wheels of the cars as they speed by us towards Turn and This is nowhere near as bad as it was 15, 20 minutes ago. And I'm guessing that by the end of this session, we might have the vestiges, Mark, even of a dry line on some parts of the circuit. I would say if it, if nothing changes, the the actual racing line is going to come out pretty quick. Um, you know, there's still anytime there's spray on the track, and and for those watching, you can see the spray that comes off the cars. But uh, when the when the spray starts to disappear, that's where the lap times start to really come down. But I mean, these guys out here, you have to keep it keep in mind that when it's actually raining, you're washing away oil and debris and and keeping the the track surface somewhat clean but when it stops raining all that oil starts to settle on top of the water and actually becomes more slippery for for some time until it starts to dry out so these conditions are by no means um, any better than when it was pouring down rain in fact it can be a little trickier sometimes i saw the the mazda guys uh, in the sky active diesel tweeting earlier on that one of the reasons that they were waiting before they went out in the Tudor session was it wasn't wet enough. They needed more in to get rid of that little surface grease exactly. that could be sitting there that comes out of the asphalt. Yeah, I mean, especially with downforce cars, you have to kind of keep a certain amount of ground speed to really use the aero grip of those cars. You know, the production car, it's, a, it's slightly different. We don't have wings and, and mm. diffusers and stuff on these cars, so it, you get what you get. But with those cars, they need to maintain a certain amount of speed. So even if it's a little bit less than optimum, they're sliding around a lot more than usual. First uh, cars coming through, the 57. David Levine at the wheel has the best time of 45. That's not a bad time in these conditions. Eric Voss has just gone through in the ST. Uh, the Cayman, the 56 car, kind of bloom in the 19 is the best of the ST runners. Andrew Carbonell, championship uh, contender at the moment. Stephen McAleer, his championship uh, challenger, right in behind him. Those two in the early sessions, Jeremy, have been separated by uh, nothing at all. The 26 and the 5 car are the two cars battling effectively for the championship. And that would be the same right now because covered by uh, 0 0.01 of a second as they <laughs> came across the line to complete their first flying lap in these conditions. And Mark, there was, there was some test sessions here on Tuesday Conditions not dissimilar to this, I, I, I heard. I wasn't here, but were you here then? I was not here. Okay, so, fine. But, but I heard it, it started Tuesday off in similar... It was, yeah. it was exactly like this and on Tuesday. The, and the, 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 I, think, I believe the, the, the final tire, uh, final session for Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge started in similar conditions like this and was indeed dry by the end Correct. of it. Exactly. And, and those right. sessions are being promoter test days. They're not official time sessions, right. so everything is kind of speculation. It's hard to get yeah. a stopwatch in every car out there. So... You, you kind of know who's fast just by what, what you see and what you hear in the paddock, but you really don't know how much, um, how much faster you are, slower you are uh, on those promoter test days. You, you, all you can do is guess. So it, it wasn't until uh, earlier today where we kind of, see, kind of start to see where people are settling out. I should, should have said, um, first of all, thank you for being with us. Uh, again, Mark, and, and why aren't you driving a car right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were we were going to be running a limited schedule anyway. Um, you know, we the, our CJ Wilson Racing Team we started to develop a Porsche program in GS to try to test those waters. And at the last race at Coda, you know, we're as a team we really want to see this five car with Chad and Steven and Mod Space and win this championship. It's been a goal of our team for the four years, plus, four plus years we've been in this program. Um, to, to win a championship for that team. And uh, Tyler and I really had some great partners that w were willing to work with us to, to run to support that five-car effort. And we had a great show going. It would have been a, a strong run and pad the points a little bit more. And it, 
it's not a negative thing. It's it's uh, we just wanted to be able to share data with our teammates. We're stronger as a two car mm-hmm. program. Unfortunately, you know that didn't um, work out in the best for the three car. But the five car had a great podium finish, um, took over the points lead. For here, it was just decided that had, the chips are going to fall where they're going to fall. Um, and we had some schedule conflicts with Tyler, so it's uh, we're, I'm here watching and I'm happily supporting you know the the my teammates and and hopefully they can bring home a win for this uh, for this team. It's been a heck of a year for you because you got to go to Le Mans as well, of course. We yeah, shouldn't forget been... that. Outside of what you do for for CJ, you uh, have. I got the call. Um, we had you on Midweek Motorsport to talk about it. Um, I think you were still somewhere off the ground when we were talking to you. You hadn't long found I, out I, about it happening. I think when I got the news, I didn't believe it because those guys are really, they kind of... This is with Viper as well, Yeah, the, say, the, yeah. the Viper team with Riley Motorsports and Viper Exchange. They really kind of, you know, Bill and Ben, they, I'm going to butt of a lot of jokes, you know, so which is a normal for the new guy. And, and I honestly wasn't sure if... It was just a big joke, you know, at one point. So I, I was almost afraid to say anything, but I actually was at Lama, so I can say that I went and it was a great experience. You know, we didn't have the, um, after the 22-hour mark, we didn't have the luck we needed mm. and uh, unfortunately had to retire early, but uh, it was a great experience and an amazing, amazing event with an amazing team. But you are one of a relatively exclusive group of drivers down through the years there's still actually not when you think of Le Mans and think of how many cars start and how many drivers are in the cars I think it's still something only around about 11 or 1200 drivers who've ever driven at Le Mans since 1923 there'll be somebody who knows the exact number out there but you you are one of those now and nobody can take that away you are a member of the Porsche of the Le Mans 24 hours club de pilote as uh, you know you can wear the pin you can you can do all that that is I get cufflinks, I think, next year if I go back. I think that's, <laughs> that's a second-year thing. You get cufflinks. You want to go back, though, I absolutely want to go back. I'm dying to go back. And um, just after the experience, you know, I, I wrote about it, and I, I was standing there on pat, in the pit lane and watching um, friends that I've raced with, you know, the, uh, the Corvette team in Jordan, and they were up there and hundreds of thousands of fans, adoring fans, and they're spraying champagne and throwing things, and I'm standing there, and I'm like, that's cool like you cannot <laughs> that's just awesome and at, at one point that feeling we had that feeling like we could have been in that position so now it just makes you even hungrier to what can we do to go back there and experience that experience and it's something that i know that uh ben wants to do and, and the riley motorsports teams you know, really they lama is one of his favorite events mm-hmm. if not the you know what one of the most uh uh raised above everything it's on that pedestal which it should be because that uh rightly so that that, that awards ceremony is about 50 feet up in the air that's a high podium <laughs> so, it really is but it's definitely something i want to go back and, and try to tackle again and what are you doing to get back there next year what's the plans we're getting towards the end of the season now you're here supporting your cj wilson racing uh, comrades out there but Clearly, this is the time of year when deals start to come together. Anything you can tell us, or at least trail ahead for? You know, I mean, everything that I think any driver up and down the paddock, there's very few that really have anything solid and, and or even want to talk about it even before the last race is over. But, I mean, there's opportunities out there, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm always working hard at trying to make something work. And we look really good for um, a future with C.J. Wilson Racing. I think we were going in the right direction, and we have a great group of, um, of drivers and, and team members, and things are going in great places. But I don't, don't have a magic uh, ball that's going to say, yes, this is all happening. I, I wish I did, and I think anybody in the paddock would want that as well. But All right, let um, me put it this way. Are you optimistic as you look forward to 2016? Are you more optimistic than pessimistic? I am, Does it look brighter than dark? Definitely more optimistic right. than I was before 2015 because right. now I've got a little bit of the taste of it and and I know I've got a little more experience. And well, that was one of the things that was against me in, in that choice of, of running with the Viper Exchange team mm-hmm. is like, well, you've never done it before. Yes. And well, now I've done it. So yes. maybe that, that goes in my favor. And you're a silver driver? I'm a bronze driver. Bronze driver. Yeah. Right, okay. Very good bronze driver. Yeah. That, that's quite important nowadays of, of where people are. I was talking to a few people um, 
Dean Cantor, who kindly took me around the uh, the mountain in Australia last year, he's just been great as a silver driver. And we were talking about, you know, if you silver or below, for those who don't know, it means that you 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 graded to a, allowed to be termed an AM in the AM class. Yeah. Um, and I just lacked that GT experience because mm-hmm. that was my first experience. A bit last year in May, uh, Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca was the first time I've sat in um, a proper GT car, you know, and uh, it was a great experience. And with any program, it still comes down to finding the right budget and, and sponsorship. Oh, yeah. And you really have to be. It's not enough to get the pat on the back and says, "Hey, you can do this. We know that you're capable yeah. of of doing a good job in the car." But hey, our budget is this, and we need to really raise it, mm-hmm. raise this money, and and that's where it all comes down to as well. So it's it's work all the time, uh, and we'll come back to that in a little while. We've got some times coming in. Uh, that was Mark Miller. I'm John Hine of Jeremy Shaw in the booth with us for this uh, third additional, in fact, third practice session for Continental Tires Sports Car Challenge. The race here at Road Atlanta. Uh, on this bumper weekend, powered by Mazda, will start from championship uh, positions in terms of the championship uh, standings. But Matt Bell has got the fastest time at the moment. Welcome back to Matt Bell to the number nine Chevy Camaro, 142.8, 143 flat for Scott Maxwell in the number one five, the 15. That's the uh, the Shelby. 350RC, the Multimatic car. David Levine is now behind the wheel of the 57 in third position with a 143.8. Also on a 143.8. Hugh Plum, their championship for Rum Bum Racing has evaporated, I'm afraid, with the uh, belt falling off the car at uh, the Circuit of the Americas and the uh, bump that pushed them well down the field at uh, Lime Rock Park, those are the, the two little black marks on an otherwise pretty decent season for Rum Bum Racing where they have uh, punched above their weight, that's a well developed car but can't take away from it, that is effectively a cup car racing against Jeremy uh, cars that have had a lot more development and a lot more factory backing Yeah, very true, And uh, but they have done a good job they've, uh, they've, they've been fast at most of the races certainly had a, several instances of bad luck in there, but uh, they've also uh, won three races which is um, second only to our you know, championship uh, leaders right now who's won four but it's been, it has been a good campaign it really should have been four last time out at Turk of the Americas because the uh, run bump car was well in control there until they had that whole radiator so yeah, it has been a good season and um, the car certainly is, got, is pretty slippery it's good on a straight line um, and it is uh, super competitive as we've seen the last three races you know, they won two of them and, and could have won three so this just a brief note about this this rain out again of qualifying we are as we said in a practice session now rather than qualifying which was originally scheduled second time this season of course this has happened it was the same at road america yeah as well yeah and the grid will be set by championship positions yeah which uh, is interesting because uh, it's not necessarily the quickest cars in the rain if the rain is is that this forecast turns up that will be on the front of the grid, which makes life great for us. Uh, cars charging through the field. One that I think will be uh, very quick indeed is the uh, IHG Rewards Club BMW with uh, uh, Trent Hinman and Ashley Freiburg on board. They were hoping for rain in the race, but not in qualifying. They were hoping they could get uh, up to the sharp end of the grid mark. That's a very well-balanced car, championship-winning car, and indeed driver in Trent uh, last year. They've had awful luck this year. They really have. You know, in last year, you know, I watched Trent um, on the podium and, and collect the award for championship driver, and it just seemed like they had everything going their way. Um, it was all so hard fought all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, they put that same effort in this year, and you can see the effort they're put in. Just things don't always go your way. I mean, it, it could be just that's bad why it's luck. called motor racing, exactly. Not motor and, and it's 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 luck. It's either good luck or bad luck, but mm-hmm. there's luck involved in some way, and and we've experienced that that this year, and and obviously Rum Bum putting every effort in their you know bid to win this championship this year. You can't hurt you can't ever say that they didn't put all the effort into it because i mean as jeremy said earlier they were they had coda under control the entire race until they had that problem and and um, i mean that's it i mean all it takes is that one yeah and this championship has been so hard fought that a, 
uh, a non-finish or a bad finish as the rain is beginning to fall yes. again here. Ironically, with sunshine down at turn number one, and it's as bright as it has been for some time, but the rain has picked up and is, is falling quite heavily. Not news to any of you who are sitting listening to us here on Road Atlanta FM 97.9 or perhaps on uh, scanner frequency 454. Uh, we will, for the Tudor Championship, also be on Sirius this weekend. And news uh, of the channel numbers uh, as we get a little closer to the weekend or follow us at IMSA Radio and that uh, information will be there as well as on IMSA.com. Wherever you are around the world, it uh, is a slightly damp but warm welcome uh, to Road Atlanta for this extra practice session. Don't forget the IMSA app. If you're listening on your computer right now through IMSA.com or RadioLamont.com, uh, and you've got a smartphone. I was going to say, if you have a smart device, that would be uh, any child under the age of about 14, really, wouldn't it? Um, but if you have a smartphone, uh, if it runs iOS, Windows, or Android, then the IMSA app is where you need to be. Being developed along with uh, our manufacturers uh, in the Tudor United Sports Car Championship, covering. Uh, not only that, but the other events uh, this weekend, including the feed from IMSA Radio, some streaming video as well when that's uh, available. It's absolutely free. We'll ask you for a few personal details when you log on, uh, but we'll not ask you for any pounds, dollars, euros, shekels, or whatever your currency is. Uh, just uh, download it, and then you can take uh, the excitement of IMSA with you wherever you are on your smart device. Uh, so still 9-7, excuse me, 9-15-57, 13, that's the top four. Austin Sindrick now behind the wheel of the 158 in fifth position. Top five all GS cars, uh, 143-8. So a, a second between the top five in conditions that are, I think, worsening now. In ST, it's kind of bloom, uh, Jeremy, who is uh, who has the best time at the moment. That car in the pit, the number 19, but that's a, that's a good effort from uh, from Connor. It is, yeah, 144.6, so a uh, better part of two seconds advantage over everybody else. Everybody else being led by Chad McCombie and Steve McAleer. I think it was Steve McAleer who set that time of a 145.4. Oh, no, it's not two seconds. It's 437. Yeah, no, yeah. it's 45, isn't it? I thought it was two. It's about three quarters of a second then over Chad McCombie. Liam Dwyer in kind of a 26 that's the other championship contender it was Andrew Carbonell who set that time early on in the session fourth fastest Eric Foss in the Marilla Racing Porsche came and then fifth fastest one of the Compass 360 Audis Nicholas Ronde in kind of a 74 using the uh, the uh, all-wheel drive of that uh, yeah and they've come a long way Jeremy with that, that car this year massively. and, and, and uh, they were allowed a little bit more uh, turbo boost yeah. this weekend and it was much needed I know they struggled a bit in, at Coda, but they're also always begging for rain. That team is just like, please let it rain, just any time it will rain, because it, it hides some of the issues that they may have, and that all-wheel drive system is uh, has always been a very good uh, program. And a, a, really a fair play to the team as well, Mark, because the easy decision would be to pick something that someone else is running or that you can right. even buy off the shelf. Uh, they've had a long association with Honda. Uh, they run the Honda Civic, uh, which is, is the choice. The, it is Honda Civic or Honda Civic. They've diversified into other forms of racing and been able now to use different forms of Audis. Of course, they've got the, the R8 in the big show. They've got a TTRS that I think they're preparing, if they haven't already run it in World Challenge, uh, that's uh, a plan for them uh, on, the, on the TTRS. They've got this S3 sedan, which is a relatively new car. And I think I'm right in saying that when I talk to... Uh, the team boss Carl Thompson isn't it who's the, the team boss I think he had the first two streetcars in Canada and turned the first two streetcars into these road cars which is you know madness race really yeah. uh, but sorry yes into these race cars yeah. which is madness really but in some ways Jeremy you've got to applaud people for doing things slightly differently yeah absolutely right and uh, you know, and we saw this morning you know, the fruits of their labours because uh, his second fastest sign was set this morning in the dry by Kyle Gimple in one of those Compass 360 Audi, so really, they really have uh, making full use of their progress. And Carl, he put the car on pole here last year, so and led you know, the first part of the race led, yeah, handily, and yes, you know helped right. setting uh, Eversley up for that win. Absolutely. It was a great team effort. So I mean, yeah. it's good to see he's got that that great history here, uh, Jeremy. He feels comfortable here. Yeah. I, I'm a f former teammate of Kyle and a friend, and mm -hmm. he just loves coming here. So you can see it when he's out on the track. Because yeah. that first session, I noticed as I was coming in, they were P8, and I'm like, wow, they were really. Yeah coming along with that car because 
around this track with a lot of the transitions, the left-right transitions and high-speed corners and a lot of um, uphill, you know, the, that turbo power really helps up the hills, but that's a heavy car. Yeah. So when you're going through those S's and having to make those transitions, it's not always the fastest car through there, but they're making it work and they're getting it done. So it, it's nice to see. Kudos also to the guys who brought the minis into the championship, Jeremy, a, a personal favorite of mine. They've seen the cars bent and bruised a, a few times. Um, Watkins Glen, perfect case in point. I think there was a couple of rebuilds there. And, you know, when those cars first came into uh, onto the track, uh, they, they looked pretty much like they'd been taken off the street. There was no decals on it. I don't think when I saw them testing at Sebring, I don't think they even had any race numbers on the side of it. It literally looked like somebody had driven a hire car onto the track, and I sort of had to do a double take. But they, they've made that work, and again, it's something different. Yeah, and, and yeah, Mini's getting behind that car. They got th- back up to full strength. They've got three cars out this weekend. Uh, we've only seen two, I think, this afternoon in this session. And Mini's got behind it, have they? Yeah, l- oh, yeah I'm really pleased really agree about with that. The, the summary from Mini I met yesterday, very briefly, um, uh, from their uh, marketing marketing side of things. So, yeah, I think you know, there's certainly a lot of optimism there. And Lewis Pericarpi has put that team together, is you know, doing the job properly. It's got some good people there. And uh, they are very serious about what they're trying to achieve with these cars. Stephen Simpson has been out in the uh, the 37 car, 37 massive number in in mini history, and, and pretty cool that they recognised that. That was the Monte Carlo uh, number, of course, uh, EJB 30, 33 EJB, the Paddy Hopkirk Monte Carlo winning mini back in 1966, 67. Was it somewhere around about then? Is that? Is it? Maybe it was earlier than that. Was it? I had a. F- I, I oh, you might be right. You might be right. I, I, I had a feeling before it was my time. Yeah, long before my time, Jeremy. <laughs> I wasn't even a baby in arms in those days. A twinkle in my father's eye, I would hope. Wish I could say this. <laughs> but that, that's another great effort, Mark. And again, you know, one of the great strengths of the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge now and indeed going forward and we were just talking about the list of cars eligible for 2016 is the variety now clearly people are going to find the cars that work best out of all the choices and we're not going to get one of everything that would be lovely if we did but there is enough variety that people can say I can make a case to do something with that car or I can find a sponsor that is more um, likely to engage in that project exactly yeah. and that that's the great thing about this series the yeah. the level of choices that you have you, you can take all sorts of different angles obviously from a race team standpoint and as a driver you know the ideal situation is to have a manufacturer really supportive of the race program and not necessarily they're funding it but just technical support and being behind it and using it to activate their their sales and their product line and, and get help with their sales program but then there's also those group of guys out there, those teams that just want to take something wild and turn it into a race car. And I applaud those people, too, because, you know, who would have thought some of the cars that have been out on the track as, as grocery getters and then all of a sudden they're turned into race cars and, and being very, very competitive out there. Um, and the great cross-section of this uh, series, especially particularly in the ST, pro- ST class, is two-door, four-door, six-cylinder, four-cylinder, yes. turbocharged. Yes opposed you know you've got boxer type engines and they're just there's so much variety which when it comes to wheel to wheel racing you go to one track and you've got one car that's just almost dominant then you go to the next track and he's not even in the top 10 and it just makes so much variety go on where in the gs class it's a little bit more speed appropriate as far as those cars are maxed out and they're similar top speed similar braking um but wheel to wheel it's a it, it's a driving race fest and you were right 64 spot on johnny uh, palmer uh, picked that one up as well uh, although he's is a bit of an alcoholic rather than a uh, a mini uh, aficionado and uh, he's now posed me the question of the, the most recent all british crew to win the monte carlo rally and i have to say i have no idea at all what that would be um, it, that could be a trick question because it, it fell out of the it, it, it fell out of the WRC and became a, an ERC event um, for a couple of years and I'm just wondering if somebody won it then that I'm, I'm not thinking about properly um, that's a one for Twitter isn't it quick uh, <laughs> break yeah Oof, really it might have been in the days when drivers did everything 
Vic Elford is still my all-time driving hero, and the man that drove Formula One sports cars, uh, rally cars, touring cars, changed shopping the oil trolleys. in his F1 car. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he that that to me was an era that I would have liked to have been um, a, a lot more intimate with. Um, everybody always thinks they're born too early or too late. I think I was born a bit too late. I would like to have been around there then and seen a little more of the uh, the sports cars in the 70s as well. And Jeremy and I just talking uh, earlier on, in fact, about uh, the days when the sports car lap times and race times were accepted as being quicker than Formula One. That was just the way it was, early 70s. Pedro Rodriguez and the, uh, the times around Spa, uh, that fastest road race for a very long time, a road race average, was, uh, was a sports car race at Spa when Spa and... Uh, Rouen were vying for the title of the fastest circuit in Europe, <laughs> taking out all the. I think it might have been 68, you know. Quick really? Yeah. Really good effort, mate. See what happens when it rains. We all take to oh. the internet. <laughs> the history of motorsport. Uh, it, this is, you know, you get used to this if you're going to come and work with us any more, any more oh, times yeah. in the future. <laughs> we'll go off on all kinds of tangents. Well, and that, that was one of the things I noticed. Uh, I was when I did go to Le Mans before the official test day I went to the museum and I, I I got to drive the old circuit in, in a street car and and realize that how lucky drivers now are to be in this era where it's relatively safe to do this I mean there's there was city streets that I could you couldn't fit a bus down now that they fit multiple race cars down and 180 degree yeah. corners and or, or bigger switchbacks, curbing, people out there throwing their trash out on the street Pretty during much. the race. And yeah. it's just that type of atmosphere. When I was uh, in Catalonia recently for the 24 hours, the Creventic race that to make over for our sister service uh, on RadioLamont.com, uh, we went up to Barcelona to what is effectively now the Olympic Park on Mount Jewish. And the old Formula One track, you can still drive around there. And it's extraordinary for me. The bit on the top of the hill is is impressive. But when you come down, you come in exactly as you see in the city streets, where you look at the housing and you think, oh, no, I've seen the pictures. The houses were that close yeah. to Formula One cars. And we're talking about yeah. 1970, uh, Fittipaldi and the, the Lotus and stuff like that going through there. This, this you know, is relatively recent history. They're not going slow either. No, no. It's not like in the, fir- the first age of automobiles where top speed was under 40 miles per hour and it was still dangerous back then at 40 miles per hour. So, um, no, it's a completely different. And when you actually think about it, it I felt very thankful that um, I was going to be able to get back on a plane without, um, you know, my family being notified that I, I went into a building. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I ended up in yeah. a living room somewhere. So it's it's a great experience to be a race driver in, in this in this time. Uh, and credit to people like Sir Jackie Stewart and uh, and some some of his uh, peers who stood up for safety and made themselves unpopular, frankly, uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was rather frowned upon that they should uh, should deign to to question the authorities. Of course, motorsport, as we know from recent events, is is still dangerous, and you will never take all the risk out of it. And nobody is suggesting that that, uh, in fact, is the right thing to do. And uh, every life lost is a tragedy for someone's family. But uh, thank goodness we've put those uh, dark days of the 1960s and 70s, when it seems like almost every weekend. Uh, a name from the sport would uh, be added to the role of honour. Uh, you're listening to IMSA Radio. We've got 15 minutes to go in this 45-minute third and bonus uh, free practice session for the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. Mark Miller is joining John Hindorf. That's me. And Jeremy Shaw in the studio. Um, we talked a little bit, Mark, as times aren't improving at the moment. The the rain yeah. has just eased a little bit, but we've got a little more spray coming up. Talk a little bit earlier about... So I think who's going quickly though is Matt Pombo yeah. in one of those minions, number seventy-three car. He's flying around. Did it one fifty-four last time around? Yeah, I believe he was the one of the only sub uh, two-minute uh, two laps, yeah. laps out there. Larry Trinkler just did a one fifty-nine-two in the uh, number forty-four Honda. The uh, and, and what you're getting here is um, for those that aren't can't see the track is. The rain stops, but there's still plenty of standing water. And any time you're going down the front straightaway, which is a crown surface like a highway would be, so the water runoff is pretty good. Um, There's not a lot of standing water, but there's still a lot of spray. 15 feet of spray 
uh, behind the car. So earlier, the spray was gone, and there was yes. probably a lot of dry patches on the track, which, you know, having the best times in the 40s, minute 40 uh, sections is not, it's certainly 10 seconds off the pace or more, but um, now, you know, it's still 10 seconds slower than that, than that was before, but certainly faster um, than it was only five minutes ago. So with the rain stopped, it's starting to find those dry spots again, and people are actually just pushing a little bit harder to see where the limits are. We were talking a bit earlier on about how important it is to get a relationship with a sponsor about the financial side of motor racing, which it sometimes is frowned upon when we talk about it, but it's an unavoidable part. It takes money to go motor racing. Either you are independently wealthy or somebody is supporting you, or you can find a business case, a return on investment for somebody out there. We talked about the variety in this series that gives people an opportunity to go, oh, I can jump onto that manufacturer or this car. Um, you've got to do that. You've got to work hard to do that. You've developed some some contacts in the in the last year that have, have, have come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of our... Um one of the partners that's been with us now for just over a year, we've we've done a various various number of things for it's Motor Oil Matters, which is uh, American Petroleum Institute's um, motor oil division, you know, bulk motor oil division program, and it's an awareness campaign um, for for bulk oil and and making sure you have the proper oil um, in when you go get your oil change, making sure it's a API certified product and you're getting what you're paid for, and and uh, for those that don't change their own oil anymore, which is, I would say, 95% of the population, um, you don't always know when you go in there and you you ask for uh, ex- this this brand of oil and they, they pay for it and they pump it in. You don't know that that's what you're doing. So that program certifies those locations. But uh, we've right. been... We, so you know you have a absolute So if you ask for brand X at somewhere that's MOM certified, uh, you get brand X and not brand A or brand B. Right. Or a mixture of the two. Oh, you never you know. So worse, they yeah. actually um, they sample and check and do blind screening and, and do all the things they need to do to make sure that peop- the consumers and the manufacturers and the distributors are aware of um, any, any cross-branding issues or to you know pollution issues and it's a great program it really is and we've been very fortunate to be able to do several different programs with them as a primary sponsor in the car as well as an associate now into 2016 we're very happy to have them come back with us for cj wilson racing and and be a part of our program throughout the year for next year which is is exciting when you can do something and they're engaged in that um and we're going to go into now it's only october but they're already prepared to be there for for 2016 it's huge for us see jeremy shaw does change his own oil at least on his healy i know of that (laughs) i bet you do that's one of the things that we can I find. I don't need to. It changes itself. <laughs> <laughs> it empties itself. Yeah. You have to... You say, stop, it's stop, a total, stop, stop. total loss system, in <laughs> fact. <laughs> Time's on the screen, Jeremy, as we've yeah. got uh, just on 11 minutes to go. Yeah, Matt Pombo's just down to 151s now, 151.0, wow. uh, and a 151.8 to the last two laps in that car. Uh, teammate uh, Zach Meyer, number 37 car, just to the 55 and uh, the third mini Tyler Stone to 58 so you know, they're all trumpy around and that's that's just an improvement by Matt Pombo last time around and Can Matt's we get an all exceptional together? driver around Road Atlanta this is oh, home yeah, track yeah, for yeah, him yeah, he's um, a front runner last year in the ST class when he was with uh, Freedom I believe and the, yeah. he and his brother both were strong contenders for that race I'm only going to throw this out once to that team one of them red one of them white, one of them blue, and they always have to run in that order. And then we've got the Italian job yes. tribute band, you see. <laughs> that, 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 works, that, works, that works for me. Uh, those are the guys who are out there turning laps at the moment. The Bimmerwell BMW is just going through uh, as, as well. And, and there's not a lot of cars on track right now. I think a lot of, um, a, a lot of the goals some of the teams may have had have already been accomplished. We're, we're going to get both drivers out there. We're going to feel out the rain tires. We're going to... or for instance, sometimes you want to um, uh, run a few laps on brand-new rain tires yes. to get the mold release off, which makes it slippery. So when you start a race on with rain tires, the car's not sliding around for the outlap. So they're, they're running through all those systems checks, making sure everything's perfect for the drivers, maybe making some tweaks. 
um, I believe some of these guys will probably be looking at it, looking at the radar to see if, hey, do we want to put a rain set up on this for tomorrow and plan on this raining, or are we going to roll the dice and maybe it's going to be split, it's going to be partially dry, and we don't want to go full wet setup versus full dry setup. So all these decisions are kind of being made in this session, this 45-minute session. Yeah, Mark Miller with Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff as we wind this down to an end just under nine minutes to go we should remind everybody Jeremy what the championship positions are in the two classes and, and that is of course how they will line up for the race that's a good point yeah in, in the GS it's the Stevenson Motorsport Chevy Camaro that leads the uh, championship points that's uh, the car number uh, six of Andrew Davis and Robin Liddell so they'll start on the on the pole position for tomorrow's race they've got a a 28-point lead in the championship now over the Rumbum Racing Porsche, car number 13. That's pretty much un- insurmountable. Um, Jeremy, do, will they just have to? St- where, do they have to finish the race? They just they, have to they start do have the to race. They have to do the 45 minutes, the, the minimum driver okay. time, to, to, to get to get the driver points. So okay. they, ca- they can't just they can't just start and park. No. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, so they have to complete the 45 minutes, but to get the car points but don't both drivers have to run a certain um, a lot yes. of time for them both to win so it's potentially yeah it could one driver yeah. be a championship oh really and yes another that's a good driver. point i hadn't so, thought of that yeah. so they can't afford to throw it off the road the first 45 minutes of the race right that's that's right that's absolutely sure good point uh, but then the, the guys from Rumpel would have would have to win the race then I'm they'd sure. have to finish the top uh, they'd actually have to finish in the top four Oh. If, if, if the rate they, they lead by 28 points now um, and you get uh, uh, 28 points for a fourth place finish uh, no that wouldn't be enough you have to finish in the top three because the uh, rump bump cars won three times this season and the uh, Robin Liddell and Andrew Davis have won four times so uh, they've got they've got that edge in terms of numbers of wins uh, so they'd have to finish in the top three if the number six Stevenson Camaro didn't score any points at all. Right. In ST, meanwhile, that is the, a tight uh, battle. That is a very God, tight battle. It's ridiculous. Uh, and that's wide game. open because uh, Stephen McAleer and uh, Chad McCumber, your teammates, Mark Miller, yes. uh, lead the points by just one over. That's the, that's the car number five. This they, is one of those mano y mano yeah, situations absolutely. that, you know, whichever car, no matter what yeah. position on track they are, whichever one's in front of the other. Oh really? It has the opportunity, oh. but then you you have that lingering group of previous champion, yeah. uh, last year's champion Foss and and Mosing and and there came in just just outside chance that they potentially could win the race, yeah. I believe, yeah. and then if um, if the five or the twenty six finish outside the top nine or ten. They've done the maths, haven't they? Yeah. Done well, the you know, that's the one thing I do know <laughs> is, is, <laughs> is where, where our, my teammates need to finish to, to do it. And I think that is, that's going to be something that could unfold throughout the entire race, which yes. is going to be a great situation. And that means the danger is focusing too much on the 26 car. And, Absolutely. You know, you, 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 we've often seen people, you'll have seen people do this in the past. All I we have to do have. is shadow them and finish in front of them or stay ahead of them and it's over, but it's not. Yeah. If, if you're fighting for 12th, you better hope that that 56 car, you know, is, is out of contention as well. Um, and it's, it's that close. And that, that uh, 56 car will be strong. Very strong. Time. Yeah, and another thing dry, about actually. this, the the wet track conditions enter just a whole new group of competitors, um, particularly the Compass 360 cars, oh, all-wheel yes, drive yes. cars, and you've got some front-wheel drive cars that may have fallen off the pace um, out on a long green flag stint, um, like Ryan Eversley and so the Hart Hondas, and the, certainly the 44 cars, always fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that situation where in the wet, they don't fall off as much, and Front-wheel drive cars are pretty stout in the wet around, yep. around Road Atlanta. So. I, I seem to remember a certain Jay Shaw of this parish having a lot of fun in the Jetta TDI Challenge <laughs> round here a few years ago. Started off 24th or 25th and ended up well inside the top 10. Was it 7th? No, I think it ended up 9th or 10th. Right, you well, were in the top 10 for sure. You could anything just now, Jeremy. You're um, you that could have it, just said anything. It was, said that was in the wet. That was in the wet. That was true. Yeah, that was pretty wet, actually, that was. You were yeah, outstanding in that race. Was, outstanding yeah, in that the race. The championship leader was getting a bit worried because I was... Hoving <laughs> <laughs> in the view. 
Yeah, they needed the points, right? They needed yeah. the position yeah, points. Right, yeah. <laughs> Who's this guy coming up behind me? I haven't seen that car all season. Who's this? Yes, that was uh, that was a splendid run round here in the Jetta. Four cars on the first lap round the outside turn one. That was entertaining. Did enjoy that. I have a feeling that we were commentating from down in uh, um, Sleepy Hollow, down where the TV compound is at, the, at turn one. We weren't up here, so we couldn't actually see. All we could do was have a quick look out of, of the of the uh, of the commentary box window as you went through turn one and everything else we were being was being done on the timing screen and working out where you were on the track which was hilariously funny uh, but we managed to do a full commentary on the race which uh, looking through the bars of a, of a portable office building down at the bottom <laughs> was quite quite fun uh, we're coming down to the last three minutes or so no major changes in the time and more than half in fact probably three quarters of the cars in the top 30 or so are in a long pit lane and even the minis now uh, are beginning to call it a day as the 52 car comes into the pit lane that's uh, Tyler Stone who brought that car uh, into the pit lane and sits there resplendent in its uh, red, white and black livery, it does look good mm. in that, it really does and, and as we said earlier, great to see Mini now on the side of that car I, I hadn't noticed that before and I didn't realise that Mini were getting involved but once Jeremy said that, I noticed the decals on the uh, the rear three-quarter panel. So good for them uh, in getting involved in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and, and as at uh, Circuit of the Americas a couple of weeks ago, here at Road Atlanta, they got a, a goodly amount of, of a little bit of Dean to support, but a lot of mini fans out here as well. Car corrals here of uh, pretty well attended. As it was cool with the classic mini... The new Mini, the BMW Mini, it's a lifestyle choice as yeah. much as it is a car. And, you know, like people, like some people who ride Harley Davidsons uh, in, in the motorcycle world, uh, th this is something that you make a, a Corvette, I would say, it, also something similar. You have a very, for people who like Mini, it's a very important part of their life, Mark. And, and having a Mini Corral at, a, at a, a weekend like this, why not? Bring people down. It's, yeah. a, it's possibly a, a new demographic and a new set of car owners who haven't been experiencing this before. Well, I mean, not just Mini. I, yeah, I wouldn't even limit it to that, but the thing I love about sports car racing and the Continental Tire Series and the number of different manufacturers yeah. that are involved, every one of these car brands has a following, has some sort of group, whether it's online forums or car corral nights or things like that. Every one of the brands that are out here between Porsche and Hondas, you know, the Honda Civics and the, the, the Mazda groups, mm. you know, all of these people have corrals and, and are active in it and it, it's a great series to be involved in because of that you get such a, a big interaction with with folks and obviously it's the same for the Tudor series and it's the same when you go to Europe and in WEC all those brands have a huge following but particularly this is a production class car um, when like you said earlier about the Mini showing up at Sebring I I could not tell the difference between the rental car Mini that was sitting next to the trailer and the race yeah. car other than the fact that it had one jacked up yeah. and you know it was so it was such a comical thing for you to bring up because I had just experienced that Same walking thing. through the paddock yeah. and um, <laughs> it, it's it's no different these cars are very recognizable as, as your street car even though they were heavily modified to do what they do out here on the track yeah, it is cool tunes, tunes are good laps out there both of the Mantella Autosports yeah. Camaros are out there the number 8 car and number 80 uh, Mark Wilkins driving number eight car and Carl Marcelli in the other one. And yeah, two good they're both, drivers they're there. Both turning one mid one minute forty fives at the moment in these conditions. And they both improved a, last time around. They've found a new lease of life in the last couple of races because they were a bit off the pace at the start of the season, but they did uh, uh, a lot better, got a lot further up and a lot closer in time to the front of the field at, uh, at the Circuit of the Americas and really uh, came back to life again. Uh, that uh, that team, good to see. Yeah, and speaking from experience on that level, John is is when you're running against some of these you know factory supported programs, and they've got a really well staffed program. They have been developing that car that they just got their hands on at the beginning of the year all season, and yeah. now they're just they keep coming and com you know getting better and better. And it's nice to see at the end of the season we we have that. I think they were doing rather too good a job on developing their engines because uh, it's gone to a sealed engine for the, all the GM guys uh, in the, oh, in the Camaros. <laughs> so they are sponsored by a tuning company, and in, in point of fact, the, the branding on the side of the car is an engine tuning company. Check it, uh, flag is out. 
uh, and the times for this session of course counts for for nothing but to uh, to give the the guys at the sharp end their due it was the nine camaro from the 15 that's the multi-matic uh, uh, the multi-matic uh, mustang What's the word I'm looking for, Jeremy? Shelby. Thank you. God, you <laughs> completely. Don't worry, I'm only talking for a living at the weekend. Uh, then, then the 57 and the 13 Porsche ahead of the second Shelby GT350R of Austin Sidrick in fifth position. Kyle Marcelli in that number 80 car, Having rounding up the top six. Just at that time. Yeah. Just <laughs> at that lap through. That's impressive. Two have got down to a 44.6. Best lap was a 42.8 in much better conditions at the start of the session. Uh, it is the 19 car that uh, has the ST point there, Jeremy. That's been a good run yeah, for the guys fun. there. Connor Bloom Con very early in the session. Early, yeah, yeah right out there and, and yep. was fast right away. So, um, And it's good that you notice that some of these guys that are still out there, you know, I, I look at the um, uh, Marcelli and, and Wilkins, they're, they're learning. They're really yeah. out there actively learning. Absolutely. So you, they're, they're trying to figure out what, what direction the track's going to go to. And, you know, with uh, Connor Bloom's teammate Greg uh, Strelzoff is still out there turning laps and getting experience, and I think that's going to be helpful for tomorrow, especially if the conditions are like this. The two championship contenders in second and third, the the five and the twenty six, the uh, those two guys battling for the championship, separated by nothing uh, at all. Um, just mention the Alara car, the Alara 34 uh, Mazda. That's a little bit further down than we might have uh, have normally seen that car. Justin Piscatel uh, in towards the end did a 46.5. By no means a, a shoddy lap in the conditions, but uh, maybe they just weren't out at the, the right time early on. Yeah, I think so. And and also uh, it was, but the car is going very quickly now. Justin's at the wheel just now mm. and just turned a 48.7, which is only uh, two seconds off the fastest time that car has done. So now that is impressive. I think at this stage of the game, and they were quick early. The I believe yeah. they were early in the first yeah. session. They were they were yes. quite quick. Um, and uh, the last session, they missed some of it. Uh, they missed the last half of it because of the, uh, some sort of problem. So That's they right. could be still working well through remembered. that issue. Well remembered, Mark. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Good luck it's, for next year. Thank you. It's always I'll a pleasure. I'll shake your hand, sir. Uh, and make sure you let us know here on IMSA Radio or, or Midweek Motorsport when you can tell us about your plans because you've got uh, a lot of fans uh, with our listeners and we appreciate you coming and spending some time with us in the booth. I would love to be able to come up and tell you what I have going on as soon as I know. <laughs> as soon as Penn <laughs> goes to bed. Yeah, I, I will take a mad sprint in my New Balance shoes to run up here. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jeremy, an interesting session there and I, I think you know we, we've learned a little bit, particularly if it's damp tomorrow, that it might not be all of the uh, the obvious people towards the the sharp end of the field. Good news is we haven't had any stoppages there. We've run through 45 minutes clean <laughs> for the first time I think today in all of the ironically. Sessions. Isn't that bizarre? And they didn't want them to qualify. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> the driver says that. So there we go. An extra practice session for Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, the final race of the season to decide the championships. Uh, will be on Friday here at Road Atlanta. And, of course, it's all live here on IMSA Radio. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit radiolamont.com.